You're listening to the Phillies Nation podcast with Ty Daubert and Johnny Heller on philliesnation.com. What's going on, everybody? This is the Phillies Nation podcast. I'm your host, Ty Daubert. Uh, We're coming at you with a little NL East preview episode. We're going to talk about some of the moves that the NL East teams have done so far that they've made and how that'll affect the Phillies. Um, as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Johnny Heller. Johnny, how you doing, man? Uh, not too bad, Ty. It's been a while. It's been two weeks since our last episode. Uh, yeah. You know, la- last week, um, we originally planned on doing an episode, but then kind of New Year's Eve plans got in the way. I also was sick, so we decided yeah. to just call it off. Well, New Year's Eve plans also... Listen, there's absolutely nothing to talk about. Nothing's yeah. been happening. Super boring offseason, especially Every, for the Phillies. Uh, all the all the exciting stuff happened right in the beginning, like right around the winter meetings. And ever since then, it's kind of been boring other than, you know, just the talks of well, what's going to happen to the Astros and the Red Sox when they get their punishments. Yep, which that's a whole... Different conversation, but other than just waiting around to see where Josh Donaldson's going to sign and miscellaneous, oh, the Rockies might trade Nolan Arenado. Like, that's really been it for the past month. Yeah, um, but there have been some moves, especially earlier in the offseason, like we said, and the NL East is, it's kind of been shaping up a little bit. So we're going to talk about that for you guys, like I mentioned earlier. So, Johnny, why don't you get started with the first team that we're going to talk about, the Miami Marlins. All right. So, the Marlins have had – they've had, like, a pretty decent offseason, I'd say, in terms of – when you talk about a team, that doesn't matter. And, like, they'll continue to not really matter in the grand scheme of the NL East. But they've added at least two guys who are going to be Phillies killers. Uh, oh, three. Three. What do you think? Corey Dickerson, obviously, is going to kill the Phillies. Jesus Aguilar is going to kill the Phillies. And VR. VR, all right. Jonathan VR, who's very good, and the Orioles gave to the Marlins for pretty much nothing. Uh, It's going to be good. That's really, those are the big, three biggest moves they've made. Um, They've lost some veteran guys, Starlin Castro, Neil Walker, Curtis Granderson, you know, Decent they, players who are they, toward they the end. Finally, they finally get rid of Wei and Chen, which is <sighs> good for them. That was a terrible contract. <laughs> Wei and Chen is so bad. I like Watching him pitch, I don't understand how he was ever good. It, I, the Orioles, I don't understand. I don't get it. If, if you listen to or watch any like Miami-based media, they just like he, – he's – like that contract is – is like a running gag amongst those people. It's just like the, a punchline. It's so, yeah. it's just terrible how how that's aged because you know he was one of the bigger free agents that that off season and they gave him a pretty big contract. I forget exactly what the number was. It was Wait, something like sixty four, million or something, right? Uh, I think it was five eighty million, five years, eighty million. That might be wrong. Yeah, I'm not sure off the top of my head either, but. Yeah, that it did not age well. So they finally rid themselves of of Wei and Chen. So that's good for the Marlins, I guess. Um, uh, but but like you were saying, they they do lose some guys. 
um, total their their um, additions so far that they made, like we touched on, Corey Dickerson, Jonathan VR, and Jesus Aguilar. They also add Pat Venditti and Matt Kemp on minor league deals. Venditti's cool because he's a switch pitcher, and Matt Kemp used to be good, so I, I just threw those in the list because they were notable. They add Yimi Garcia uh, and Francisco Cervelli, so, and that's pretty much for the meaningful moves that the Marlins have made this offseason so far. But like like you said earlier, they, they're going to kill the Phillies without a doubt. Yeah, absolutely. I have no doubt in my mind. Matt Kemp is going to hit, you know, a walk-off home run against the Phillies in a random meaningless April game or something. Uh, like, no, it's no, just hold on. Imagine Corey Dickerson in Marlins Park now that they've moved right field in. Oh, yeah. He's he's torching the Phillies. It's gonna be it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. Uh, over under seven and a half wins for the Phillies against the Marlins this year. Uh, ooh. We'll go with eight. We'll take the over. All right. That'd be eight and ten, right? They play eighteen in division. Uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah. <sighs> would not be surprised. All the Phillies had to do was beat the Marlins, and they would have made the playoffs this year. So. The definition of the 2019 Phillies was the Vince game against Miami. Beautiful, beautiful game. That's like, I I understand how horrible it was, but looking back, I that's a fond memory in my eyes. It's just so fun. See, uh, I, th- <laughs> I, think, just... I think I've mentioned this before on the pod, maybe not, but what I find so amazing about that game is – that Vince had a good stretch right before that game, and in the second inning, I texted everybody who I was pointing out before that Vince was pitching well, and I'm like, guys, Vince might have figured it out. He texted me. <laughs> I yeah. texted Johnny, and I was like, guys, yeah. Vince might have figured it out. And then third inning comes, he gives up like seven runs. Yeah, that game and was I was, I, was pro- I was proven wrong, so. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, listen, the Marlins aren't going to win games, but they're going to win games against Phillies, so that's pretty much it. Um, I think we can go ahead and move on to the next team. Ty, take it away with the Mets. Yeah, so the New York Mets, their additions so far, um, they've added Dylan Batances, Rick Porcello, Michael Waka, and Jake Marisnik. Those have kind of been the the big additions for the New York Mets. Um, Batances was a guy that the Phillies, of course, were rumored to have been in on, apparently. Uh, maybe it wasn't nah. that serious, but... Nah. So I, I, I believe that they were interested, but they were never going to... Once you know these other moves that the Phillies have made uh, happened, they weren't actually in on him. Yeah, they weren't in on him for the length of time that they were reported to be in on him. Like yeah, the they were, he was they were used. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but that's a, you know, I th- this Mets bullpen, I think, has a chance of being good. It depends how Diaz bounces back. What do you have any thoughts on Diaz? Uh, he'll bounce back. He won't be 2018 Diaz, but he's he's too good. He's too good to be a disaster. I think everything went wrong for him last yeah, year. Yeah, that was so bad. That was yeah. bad. But. Can you imagine if what the reaction would have been if the Phillies would have traded 
for him like they tried to do, and then he was. They would have traded. That six, bad. They would have traded Sixto for him. Can you imagine if they traded Sixto for him and he was that bad? Yeah, that, that would be Whoa. incredible. That would have been really bad. Yeah, but um, you know, next edition Mets have made. Um, I'm gonna group Porcello and Waka together, kind of. They're gonna both. I think both have a shot at the rotation. Yeah, the, the I think the fifth spot is going to be between those two guys, right? Or no, isn't it? Aren't they both currently slotted in, and then uh, Stephen Matz is getting the boot? Uh, I'm not sure. That's I'm really not sure actually. But I remember reading that, but who knows? Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if Matz overtook either one of these guys. Right. I I think I've heard you maybe as a joke say that. You're back in on Waka turning into 2013 Waka, yes. whatever it was. Absolutely, I am. He was like he was like a postseason hero that season. Yeah. And he kind of peaked his rookie year, but like Jason Tatum, wrong support. Like Michael Franco. <laughs> um, Rick Porcello is mostly not very good anymore, and he make he was he making this year 10 million. Something like that, yeah. He he got around ten million from mm-hmm. from New York, and I, you know, a lot of people complain about Vince Velasquez that they're keeping him around at four million dollars, but I certainly take Vince at four million over Porcello at what he's making. I'm just gonna look it up really quickly just so I'm not mistaken at what he is making this season. Yeah, one year, ten million dollars. Um, I definitely. Take Vince at four over Porcello at ten. I agree with that. One hundred percent. Another thing we got to talk about with the Mets, um, they reworked Yoannis Cespedes' contract. Is he gonna make a difference this year? Listen, Ty, I am. I've always been a, a Yoannis Cespedes guy back when he came into the league with the A's in what 2013, 2014. Yeah, something like um, that. Yohannes Cespedes will be back this year, and that's just, that's just something you could bank on. He might not have working ankles, but he's still got that power stroke. Who needs him? Who right, needs who working needs, ankles. Who needs ankles when you have that swing? You know. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> I can't wait to watch him play the field because um, I feel I feel like he's gonna be uh, he's gonna move like Ryan Howard post Achilles tear. That's just <laughs> well, they they had him play center field in the World Series, and he gave up a inside the park on like the first <laughs> play of the game because he <laughs> I don't know what he yeah. was doing. Yeah, um. <laughs> that's so that World Series isn't real. Yeah, that the Royals and the Mets played in the World Series. Yeah, like, not even that. What? Long <laughs> not even ago. that long. Four and a half years ago. What? Matt Harvey started World Series games. What? Matt Harvey was so good that he was allowed to just decide when he came out of game. <laughs> yeah, I... What a year. Johnny Harvey. Cueto and the Royals. <laughs> I Yeah, there's so much was going on. I forget about... Lots of players on lots of teams in the AL Central. Yeah, that's last... for sure. But, you know, let's get back to talking about <laughs> the NL East. All right, but David Price was on the Tigers. I think people forget about that. Cespedes was on the Tigers. David Price was on the Blue Jays. What? Well, I don't understand any of that. 
It's just like it, it, it doesn't feel real, you know, those memories. Yeah. The, the, I'm telling you, you know, this is our first pod of the decade. Last decade in baseball was kind of a blur. It, it was a weird decade. It was, it was, but it was awesome. It was good, yeah. The, other than the 2018 postseason, which was really awful, uh, it was we had really good playoffs and a lot of uh, you know different teams that were good and all that good stuff. The only honestly, th- there were very few teams who weren't good at all, basically for the for the whole decade and. I would put the Phillies in that category because after 2011, nothing. Yeah, but you know they had some really cool moments, especially in 2010. So, Absolutely. you yeah. know, kind of made up for it. But anyways, back yeah. back to the <laughs> back to the Mets. <laughs> the Mets, they of course lost Zach Wheeler to the Phillies and uh, some of their other free agents. Todd Frazier, Juan Lagares, and Joe Panic are still out there waiting to be signed. Did you mention Marisnik yet? Yeah, I did. Oh, they, yeah, they got Marisnik. They traded him. Got to talk about how the Mets uh, will always have a center fielder that is really awesome defensively and cannot hit worth a lick, and that's just how the Mets will have always been and how they'll always be. I feel like that's just been been how it how it is you know yeah it's uh it's a requirement by law either that or you know nss for this in center field one of those two uh, yeah the only options yeah there's no in between there's no there they can never have someone who's just average at both it's yeah, got to be absolutely. the extremes yes um, um yeah you want to move on to the braves you can handle this well one? i think i think we got to talk about the mets in general uh i think because they weren't – what was their record at the end of last year? They didn't finish 500? Um, let me look. I'm not sure off the top of my head, but looking at them, they were – give me one second. Yeah, they were 86 and 76. I forgot. I forgot how that – They got really hot. They got hot. I, I'm going to go ahead and say it. They should not have fired Mickey Calloway. I'm gonna say, what, are you, what are you talking about? Dude, he got that team. He got the team going. What are you? What are, you <laughs> are you kidding? Yeah, I am. I am maybe half kidding, but they played. I am. I would not have been surprised at all if they kept Callaway because they were awesome in the second half. Um, and I think the Mets are really good. Well, not really good, but they're pretty good. And they scare me more than the Nationals. That's that's what I'll say. You know, the Mets, I don't know. It just feels like they find a way to mess everything up. They do, but they have DeGrom and, you know, what if... What they have if, Stroman. Like, what if, what? Yeah, I know. They... They, got rid of Wheeler. they lost Wheeler, but it doesn't matter. They traded for Marcus Stroman, so it doesn't... Like, yeah, it's almost a wash. If if Strowman, like again, we're talking about things that could happen. Who knows? If Strowman is like towards the peak of his career, has has one of the best, better years of his career, and Syndergaard takes a step forward, which I know we've been saying this every year, but who knows? Maybe Snow Syndergaard will finally take a step forward for real and be like, he can be an ace. I think this stuff is absolutely there. They, this is this is really off topic. Um, you know, it has to do with Syndergaard, 
but I watched the shortstop from Penn State Burks this past season hit a home run in a game, in a D3 game, and then he went on to get drafted by the Orioles, and then he got a hit off Syndergaard in a rehab start. Wow. I just wanted to mention that. Did you know that uh, Travis Darno was the best player in the R.A. Dickey trade? <laughs> Not, <laughs> what? Was he actually? Who, no, who? dude. Noah Syndergaard is in that Oh. Okay. <laughs> Come on, dude. <laughs> I don't know. I forgot. Uh, whatever. I'll I'll bring that up again later when we talk about the greatest. But uh, right. I don't know. The I don't know about you. The Mets scare me. That rotation could be really good. The bullpen could be filthy. If, if you get Yuri's Familia and Diaz and Batances at you know what they could be, which again, it never works out, especially for the Mets, but. They could have one of the most dominant bullpens in baseball. You know, Seth Lugo is pretty good. Um, it's, I don't know. They scare me. Yeah, they're just like a huge wild card. Yeah. But I I don't know. I don't know about them. But like you said, they are kind of scary. And it's basically, they're like a huge what if. They're kind of like a more extreme Phillies. Yeah. Like, like, the Phillies are a huge question mark, but it feels like they're more, like, destined to be around in the – they're, like, almost a lock to be in the 80s for wins. Dude. The Mets, the Mets could win between, like, anywhere between, Dude, like, 70 and 75, games. 75 to 95 games. I'm, I would go even wider. They, they could be an absolute disaster. They could finish fifth in the division. They could finish first in the division. They could be worse than the Marlins. They could be the, the best team in the NL. The I'm Mets not even kidding. Be, the Mets could be the most interesting team in the division. I, I'm I'm interested to watch them this year. I picked them to win the division last year, uh, which was not the right call, but I don't know. Something about that team. Yeah. You, you know. Go ahead. Go ahead. You got it. <laughs> yeah. Um. I, I just think that. They have a lot of talent, especially at the top of the rotation. And if they can figure it out in the bullpen, like if they can be really good, like some people like you and I think, uh, they could they, they could definitely win the division if things go right. Yeah. And if Cespedes is any good, like that, that could, they could be pretty scary. <laughs> he, he, he probably won't be, but imagine if he was. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. But we'll we'll move on to the Braves now. Uh, Johnny, why don't you take the Braves and their additions so far? All right. So the Braves, one thing the Braves did was short the bullpen. Um, they were really active, like, really early in the offseason. Right away, pretty much. They signed Will Smith, Chris Martin, and Darren O'Day all to, you know, varying contracts. But that was just shoring up the back of a bullpen that's already – decent um you know they traded for shane green last year um martin was already with them in the pen last year too but will smith obviously was with the giants and darren o'day not as good as he once was but still a solid arm to have back there so uh they're just sure enough a bullpen that i think the bullpen was probably the worst part of their team last year so a strong team getting stronger 
And then the only other moves they made, they signed Cole Hamels, as all Phillies fans know. Um, I would argue that they overpaid Cole Hamels, a guy who is uh, coming off probably the worst half of his career. I don't care if he was injured, because guess what? He's old and will probably get injured again. Um, And then probably the biggest signing was signing the the best player from the – from the Ari Dickey trade. Who's who's that, Ty? It's got to be Travis Darnell. <laughs> nah, they, they paid Travis Darnell a lot of money. What was, it was like two years, $16 million, um, which is a lot of money for a guy who's not going to be starting every day. Uh, I don't know. He, he was he pretty good like, with the race last year. Yeah, had, that was a half. He was good for a nah, half. He was, <clears throat> he was not good for a half. He was good for a month. He was good in July. Uh, he had that one game where he hit three home runs against the Yankees, and one of them was like a go-ahead three-run home run in the ninth. And it was probably the greatest game of baseball I watched last year, excluding the playoffs. Um, but other than that, I think he's a pretty solid guy, solid guy behind the plate, um, and he's going to catch some pop at the plate, but not nothing that really moves the needle, I don't think, that much for the Braves. Yeah, I agree. Um, Especially when you look at how much they have lost and potentially could lose, um, too. So uh, when we're talking the rotation, they added Hamels where they lost Julio Tehran and uh, Dallas Keuchel, both guys who I mean Keuchel they didn't sign till June, but both guys were in the rotation the the whole season. Um, and then they lost some other varying guys, Billy Hamilton, Matt Joyce, Francisco Cervelli, Danny Esparia, and Charlie Culberson. Again, nothing that really matters that much in the grand scheme of things all guys who can be replaced pretty easily um but the biggest potential loss is uh josh donaldson who was amazing last year uh probably the best season he's had since his mvp year in 2015 he's 34 and he's going to get probably four years 110 million from either the braves or the nationals or maybe Um, the twins maybe the twins so we should know about that sooner than later i the other day that People were saying the Twins were out, but who knows what's real. Um, so that's, like, I think that would be huge for them. If, yeah. they, lose, if they lose Donaldson, who's starting at third base? Austin uh, Riley? Austin Riley, yeah. That, yeah. Ooh, that whether they get Donaldson back or not could decide whether they win the division or not, really. He, he was, was so good last year, man. He was amazing. And, I mean, a big part of... Their infield defense is pretty good too, right? Yeah, I mean, he's he was unreal. Uh, Austin Riley can't play third. Can Austin Riley even really play third base? No, nah, he's probably well, better suited for left. Yeah, so I don't know. It's gonna be huge. Where, where do you think Donaldson ends up? Washington. Really? Yeah. They f- they feel like they're done. The kind of kind of the moves that they've made recently. I kn- I know they say they're. They're not out, but kind of the infielders that they've picked up, it feels like they're they're not gonna do it. I don't know. I think I think Donaldson ends up back on the Braves. Um yeah, I he could be back to the Braves. I wouldn't be surprised. Um the bigger question I think is if they don't get Donaldson, do you think they end up trading for Chris Bryant or Nolan Arenado? 
I doubt it. I don't. I my feeling right now is that neither of those guys get traded this off season. Yeah, I want to believe that, but I also think that um, I don't know how much urgency there is with the Braves because I guess a lot of their roster is still young and controllable. I mean, they have Acuna and Albies on those like absurdities of contracts, uh, but at the same time, if if they get they get worse, like why would you? I don't know. They have a really good farm system, and I think that they may do what they can to get better, even if it means sacrificing a little bit of the future for two years of Bryant or Arenado. I don't know. I think if Bryant or Arenado were traded, the number one place I would think is the Braves. Yeah, I I don't think I disagree with that. Maybe not the absolute number one, but I could see it happening. Uh, them going, one of them going to the Braves. The Phillies better hope that Josh Donaldson goes to the Twins and the Nats and the Braves are fine with what they have because he is really good and he killed them last last year. And if the Phillies if they plan on winning the division or even making the playoffs. Donaldson being out of the division would be a huge help. Yeah. Um, and with that being said, I think even if the Braves don't get a third baseman, they're still the best team in the division. Um, they, I mean, I say that, but I, I could convince myself otherwise, I think, when you look at the fact that they lost, you know, 40% of the rotation only replaced one of those guys uh, with a 36-year-old who is coming off a, you know, injury and poor performance for an entire half. And then, you know, Black Hole at third base, they're just, like, they're so good elsewhere. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, there's there's four teams in this division that you could convince me uh, could could win it. So, yeah. I, I just, you know, I really don't know about the Braves. Does I mean, Freeman's going to regress at some point. Why maybe not? not. Maybe not. Probably not. Maybe Probably he's not. just good until he's like 45 and then he retires. Maybe. But yeah, that'll pretty much do it for the Braves, unless you have anything else to add. No, uh, I'm good. I'm ready to move on. Yeah, we can talk about the last non-Phillies team in the division, the Washington Nationals. I'll go ahead on this one. The Nationals, the signings and the, the signings that they've made so far, uh, they re-signed Steven Strasburg, World Series MVP. They re-signed Daniel Hudson, who has had one good year. They brought back Jan Gomes, brought back Howie Kendrick. They signed Eric Thames. They signed Will Harris. They re-signed Asdrubal Cabrera, and they signed Starling Castro. Um, so a lot of names there for the Washington Nationals. It seems like a pretty good offseason until you look at some of the guys that they have lost. The Ryan Zimmerman is not back at this point. They lost Rodney, Brian Dozier, Gerardo Parra, and finally they lost one of the one of the better players in the National League in 2019, Anthony Rendon. They lost in free agency. Uh, that you know, that's another team that has that looks like 
losing their third baseman is really going to hurt them. The Braves, it, the same thing could happen. Uh, but if the Nationals don't sign Donaldson, you know, losing Rendon is a really big deal. He was he was outstanding last season. So while it's huge that the Nationals were able to bring Strasburg back and they've made some other nice moves, um, you know, with Hudson coming back, he was good for them down down the stretch, especially uh, closed out the World Series and they improved their their bench and all. But losing Rendon is really kind of the you know main thing of what happened for them this off season, in my opinion. Yeah, they. You know, for a while, I was telling myself that they like Strasburg was the guy they had to, to keep. I don't know if I agree anymore with that. I think they would have been better better served paying that money to Rendon. Yeah, especially uh, because it's because of what Strasburg got. Because exactly. well, they got the same exact contract. Yeah, but and pitchers don't age the exactly. way that position players do. Exactly, and. I mean, Anthony Rendon is really good. And it's not to say that Strasburg isn't good, but Strasburg's been injured. Um, I, he's, what, 30 already? Yeah. So, 30, 31. Is he entering 31, I think? I think. I think. And you look, I don't know. That rotation, the only reason they won the World Series last year is because they have, you know, Strasburg, Corbin, and Scherzer, and because their manager decided to manage really aggressively in the playoffs and just use all those guys as many innings as possible. And it worked. Shout out to Dave Martinez for um, changing my opinion of him. I thought he was a bad manager heading into the playoffs. Uh, but anyways, I mean, listen, Scherzer's not getting any younger or better. He was kind of bad the last two months and the playoffs last year. He threw, up a, he threw up a Vinny start in Game 7. Yeah, that's that's a stolen tweet right there. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> five innings, what, two or three runs, like eight hits, and everyone's clapping him off the field like like that wasn't just a <laughs> Vince Velasquez start. <laughs> I'm sorry um, for stealing your tweet. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's fine. I'm honored. Um but, yeah, he he was not good down the stretch for them. He was not good in the wild card game. He was fine. He was not good in game seven. It feels like you know it felt for a while that Scherzer might just be good forever, and he was aging in reverse. But you know, I think he might have finally hit the wall. And maybe we're wrong, and he goes out and he's an ace again next season. But it feels like Scherzer might have hit hit the wall. Yeah, I agree, and that's not to say that he can't be good anymore, but at the same time, like, they won, again, they won because they had three aces really last year, and are we sure they're going to get that again? And they're not probably, Anibal Sanchez was bad for four years before last year, it's not going to, he's not going to be amazing again, you know, I, I just think that while their run last year was like Phillies fans will disagree with us. Their fun with their run was so much fun to watch, I thought, and like it was really cool because they literally had two good players and two good position players and three really good pitchers, and it worked. And it was wild, but I just think it's incredibly unsustainable. They lost one of their actual good players, and 
everyone else is getting older. I don't know. They again, they could be good, but out of them, the Braves and the Mets, I think the Nationals scare me the least. They have a really large like 2012 Phillies field to them, I think. I agree 100% with that. Like it feels like they're trying to keep everybody around. You know, they lost Rendon, of course, but everybody's getting older, yeah. and I'm not so sure it's going to work. Yep, we could be proven wrong. I wouldn't be surprised if they were good, but again. The, the, they... one, the one thing that they have that the 2012 Phillies certainly didn't have is somebody as good and young as Juan Soto. So. Juan Soto, who is better than Ronald Cunha for anyone. He's better. He is he the best player in the best division. position player in the division? Yes. Yep. Like Degrom is probably the best player in the division, but yeah, so yep, does I the agree. best position player. Agree with both of those. But yeah, um, so that's kind of it for each individual team. Uh, I just want to ask you real quick before we wrap up: How do you think the Phillies? compare to some of the other teams in the division and how do you think this division might shape up we've hinted at it but what are your kind of predictions for for the 2020 season yeah so like i said i'm pretty low on the nationals i think the phillies are um, a deeper team than the Nationals. i just think the phillies this is like the propaganda that matt clentak has kind of spewed the last month or two um and, you know, maybe I'm just an idiot for buying in, but I agree with him that the Phillies were victim to an unfortunate amount of injuries, especially specifically to the bullpen, um, and underperformance from virtually everyone, other than Bryce Harper and, and JT Real Muto in the second half of the season. Basically, everyone underperformed last year. Um, and that's especially bad when you when you expect guys like Reese Hoskins to take a step forward. When they're taking a step backward, that really, really hurts. Um, the Phillies won 81 games last year, but they were on pace for 85 or 86 wins heading into the last two weeks of the season when they kind of, I don't know if they gave up or what happened there, but I they weren't an 81-win team last year, I don't think. Um, I think they were a little better than that. So... You know, take all that into account. Losing five, lo- losing five games in four days kind of yeah, killed them. Yeah, exactly, exactly. When you take all that into account, and then uh, they've really lost virtually no one. And they've added – I mean, they lost Dickerson, who was great, but Kutch is going to be healthy, hopefully. Um, they've added Didi Gregorius, and they've added Zach Wheeler uh, – Zach Wheeler, I mean, everything he said so far makes me think that he's going to be really good because I think he is a smart guy who is trying to become a smart pitcher. He sees what Garrett Cole did in Houston. Um, you know, if anyone hasn't read, I'm going to plug Rob. Rob's piece uh, at the Real Smito wrote a, a piece about how Wheeler can take a step forward in 2020, basically throwing his forcing fastball more up in the zone. Um, and He's a guy, I don't know, I'm kind of sold on Wheeler being an ace level in 2020. Sorry, I know I'm rambling on right now, but I just think I'm talking myself into the Phillies, and I think they're going to be like an 89-91 team. I don't um, know. 
I, I don't know if I'm sold on that high. I think the Phillies are going to win a wild card with around 87 wins. I think I said that last episode as well. <laughs> I think the Braves are probably going to win the division again. And I'm, I'm with you with the Nationals not being that good. I think they're due to regress. Um, any A bold prediction from me for this division. Um, let's go with... Three, te- three teams from this division are going to make the playoffs. You know, I was going to say the same thing. Can you imagine how insane a Mets-Phillies wildcard game would be? That would be fun. That'd that be would cool. be so much fun. Baseball, like, everyone talks about Red Sox-Yankees and I don't even know, like, Cubs-Cardinals. Who cares? Dodgers-Giants. Yeah, whatever. Phillies-Mets, that is a real rivalry, and it's awesome. And it needs to be back. Like, the Mets, Phillies fans, like, if you want baseball to be fun in 2020, obviously the Phillies should be good. You should root for the Mets to be good, too. Is that bad for me to say? No. Base, no, you're, you're right. It's better when the Phillies are good and the Mets are good. Like, the Braves can, you know, lose. I don't care. Listen, but. listen. When, when uh, Carlos Beltran gets suspended for this whole year for – the Astros cheating scandal, and we get Joe Girardi and you know Terry, Terry Collins and Terry Collins managing a wild card game. That's gonna be that's gonna be pandemonium, baby. That would be that is TV right there. Gotta give gotta give him a shot. <laughs> but on that note, I think that'll wrap up this episode. Thank you guys for listening to the Phillies Nation podcast. Uh, on Apple Pods, leave us a rate and a review, and we will talk to you guys next week. You can listen to the Phillies Nation podcast with Ty Daubert and Johnny Heller every Wednesday on philliesnation.com and all streaming services.